Intro this week for the North Spring Sessions with DK. I'm DK. That was one of my favorite bands in the world, Them Dirty Roses, from another one of my favorite venues in the world, The Shed, Juke Joint, and Smokehouse in Maryville, Tennessee. was there last weekend. Thank you to Scott Maddox for the hospitality. Thank you to TDR for the hospitality. And for T Taylor Honeycutt and the band for checking those guys out for the very first time and will not be the last time, I would... Uh, venture to say so um yeah thank you for joining tonight it's um it's a sunday night so i doubt anybody will listen to this tonight but happy sunday to you guys if uh if you're listening and i hope the uh, majority of you guys I, I will probably listen on your way to work so i hope this makes for your um enjoyable experience before you hit that time clock for the place that you probably don't like working i'm just kidding i hope everybody loves their uh Loves their job and loves getting let's get this week started right. I was uh, I was out of town this past week for majority of the week. It's why we didn't get a podcast. I was I was out of town for work for three days and um, almost took my equipment with me to to do some stuff in the hotel. But um, just know how how uh, busy those trips get. So <clears throat> so I held off tonight for this Sunday. Everybody's in bed at my house. One of those late night sessions, of course, and um, ordinarily I would say this is brought. This is the part of the show where I would say um, brought to you by TriStar Beverage, but um, it's not. It's brought to you by cherry flavored Kool Aid Jammers. Because honestly, I drink more Kool Aid Jammers and water and cokes that in this house than I do beer. I know that's that may take. If I had any street cred with any of you guys, if I had it like this outlaw image by any stretch of the imagination at my age. Probably just lost it there, but and plus, TriStar Beverage doesn't pay me to say that. They pay me big time for my music festival, but I still am actively looking for sponsors. If anybody wants to be a sponsor for the podcast to get all your advertisements in uh, to the dozens and dozens of listeners to the North Spring Sessions, please get a hold of me and let's get your ads rolling on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm not a beer drinker. I'm not. A, I'm just not a beer drinker. Well, wait a minute. Let me clarify that. I'm not a beer drinker at home. It's just, um, I don't know over the years that go when I was young and wild and frequented the frequented the beer joints and stuff like that. Not that I'm scared of one now at the right place, right time. I'm just saying like, you know, um, I, I don't know. It's just boring to sit around home and, and drink beer by myself. So I've got this cooler over here and it's got different, different flavors in it. And I like to keep it for the, you know, the, the sheer you know, possibility that Adam Jones pops into my house one day or 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 Travis Fox is riding side by sides and they come up to have a beer with me. You know, that's those are in there for those days that way because I'm 15 minutes from everything. Um, Shane Keith can attest one day I was up here watching a Titans game on a Sunday and everybody was scattered around and he said, man, you're not drinking beer? And I said, well, I'll drink a beer with you. And I think we drank like two beers while he was sitting here. Then as soon as he walked out, hell, I think he was still in the driveway, and I poured out what left little beer I had left. Um, so I'll drink a beer with people when they stop, or I keep some here if I want to jump on side by side or something around the woods. But um, yeah, the rebel that I am tonight, cherry Kool Aid jammers, uh, fruit punch is my favorite tropical punch, whatever that is. And I can't afford Capri Suns. Everybody says the Capri Suns are better. I do not believe so. I think that Kool-Aid Jammers kick their ass any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So keep your highfalutin Capri Suns. I'm a Kool-Aid Jammer for life over here. Um, got any uh, Got any feedback? Have you guys got any feedback? I did hear some last time that uh, Melanie Fraley said her daughter listened to the podcast and has now developed – at 15, I think she said the left turn signal trick. Hey, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating for kids to use it because you're not a good enough driver yet to be a smartass on the road. But now you, you grizzled vets on the road that are needing some uh, relief and stress if off from a hard day and some, some jerk gets behind you, hit, hit them with a the left turn signal. It'll, it'll turn your day around in 10 seconds. I assure you. Um, the eggs, I can't believe. Kool-Aid Jammer does, does, a jerk, does the job. I can't believe I didn't get more feedback from my friends in Salina than I did. 
maybe because I've beaten a dead horse on that matter. Um, but only one person, only who I consider a friend, texted me and said, "I will. I'll let you know that tr the tradition continued this year as his son threw an egg." And I said, "I wouldn't think anything differently, or expect anything any differently." And um, you know, I, and I knew he would. I knew. I knew that he was going to text me. <laughs> and you know, there there is one way to look at this, really, and. And I guess I could I could clarify this and, and clean it up a little bit. Um, mostly, what I said about all that stuff is in jest. But that being said, um, it, it, I do know it's a tradition over there, and I would like to think that if a nice nice vehicle come through, in all seriousness, those aren't the ones getting egged. There are people that do drive their old vehicles through town, and I would like to think these parents are teaching their kids hey yeah you know they're out for they're part of the joke so to speak they're in on it bomb them you can egg those guys let's have a good time um i don't think i don't i would like to think that my buddy wasn't teaching his kid to throw it at an eighty thousand dollar tahoe i would think but i've met people from salina before i've been duped once before so this echo is terrible on this. My boy Andy Smith texted me last week, and he's like, for the love of God, get over here in this studio, and let's get you on some good uh, equipment to record this because of the microphones. Lucas Ickman had me so babied on the One Lane Road podcast that I never had any sense of issue. Like We had the best equipment ever had been. And some weeks I come in here and this damn thing echoes, and sometimes it doesn't. I don't know how much that has to do with... Um, well, I just turned it down a little bit on this microphone, so maybe that's what it was. I turned the echo down and the maximal microphone volume down. It's still, who the hell knows? <laughs> it's just, um, so, yeah. We'll never, we'll never have the uh, equipment OLR had. Probably not yet, uh, at least. I just want to see how long this thing goes first. When Primarily, I got this thing just to do uh, promotion for the for North Springs Music Fest 2023. Here we are. I still do enjoy podcasts, and I'm going to start getting some guests on here. Um, I would like, if you guys are listening, and I think I said this an episode or two ago, um, I got I to gotta start. I got to stop giving, like, Coach Mack, the Titans, um, used to be assistant coach. Now he does the broadcast with Mike Keith. I've always been, like, had a hard on for him uh, repeating himself. And I, so maybe he doesn't know that he talks all the time that, He's been in the league for 37 years because I don't know what I say on here. So um, I guess I should quit being a hypocrite. Um, so if, if you guys I, – I, I do remember saying this at the end of one of the episodes a couple uh, weeks ago. If you do have something for me, let, let's let's do some fun show ideas. You know, I came up with a lot of the content with OLR, and Lucas just ran with it because he's that creative. But um, as overwhelmed as I am and work-life balance and everything else – I just don't. My creative juices aren't always flowing. I'll get a few notes for what I'm getting tonight. So if anybody's got any ideas, let's do it. You, you, you can be a guest host on here. I got two microphones. We can be two echoey some bitches up in here together. Um, all right. Funny thing the other day happened. Um, I went into work a couple Saturdays ago for a few hours, and uh, again we're mentioning uh, once again, but he is one of our loyal listeners, so he deserves the shout out. Old Shane Keith said, "Man, your old lady's loud." Now, I'm 25 minutes away at this point. I'm 20 minutes away, whatever it was. I was in Gainesboro, um, other side of Gainesboro. And I, and I just put, ha-ha. Um, well, let me look back at our conversation, honestly. I, I hate to misquote my boy Shane, and he'll get a tickle, he'll get tickled out of this. Um, Shane Keith, there it is. Saturday, November 4th at 8, 10 a.m., your wife is so loud. And then I guess he felt half-assed guilty, so he sent me an LOL. I said, you hear her across the holler, LOL, because I assumed he was hunting. He said, she's saying, let's go. And I said, yeah, ridiculous. Talking to the dogs, no doubt. I'll tell her she's scaring the deer off for you. She's, he said, shit, I, she's good. I think it's funny as hell. And uh, I got home, of course, and I I didn't know who was over there. I figured him and, you know, whoever. So I said, yeah, <laughs> from as I was getting out of my truck coming up the driveway, 
And I said, you hear me give me a big, give you a big old yell? He said, no, we'll get Lindsay to do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I walked in. and So this is a thing, right? This is, this is an ongoing thing. And uh, Chad Blair texted me, too. He said, damn, is that your old lady up there yelling? And it was. And Devin heard it, I think. And whoever else was hunting in North Springs. You know, she's, so, um, boy, and I might as well just get prepared to sleep out here for a day or two if I say this out, out loud. But, um, I mean, if you've met my wife, she she is a more high-pitched um, female, so to speak. There's generally not any trouble hearing uh, what she says. I'm a little bit more, and I talk a lot now. Now, don't don't be mistaken. I know I'm, I talk a lot, probably too much, obviously too much. Talking to myself on a damn podcast right now, I was hoping people will listen. That That's, you know, so I get it. I've, I've got my own shit going on. Okay, I know I'm not perfect. So... Um, but she's loud. Even her older sister Megan at one time at a cookout said, "Is Lindsay hard of hearing or what?" And you know she's got this tone to where she's so aggressive that listen, we've been together for seventeen years and I've still not figured it out. So I'm always like, always like Lindsay, your tone doesn't have to be all that. What? What do you mean? Pretty sure if you heard that, you know what I mean. Uh, you know and. uh so it's always been a thing. Now I know that what happened was, what had happened was, um, at this particular incident, and I know it because I've seen it happen so many times that I knew exactly what Shane was talking about without even being here. You know, um, we have three outside dogs, and we have two inside dogs. That golden doodle of ours. Let me tell you something. She's about three beers shy of a six pack. I mean, she's goofier than a pet coon. She, she she's not she's not intelligent. And and that's what you get when you pay for a dog. I've had dogs for my 39 and three-quarter years on this planet. I've never paid one dime for a dog in my life. I had an ex-girlfriend one time. She asked me for Christmas. She said, do you want a TV or a dog? And I said, well, give me a new TV. She got me the dog. I didn't ask for the damn dog. Ended up being a great dog, but they always are. You know, dogs are great. Cats, keep them to yourself, you know. And this dog... She, she had been wearing a piss out of me about dogs, right? I've got my old girl, Fancy. She's 13 years old this year. She hobbles around. She needs a damn hip replacement. She's going blind in one eye. I'm trying to get her a little cataract weed uh, to help her out. She won't, she won't eat the CBD I got at a yard sale for her, a barn sale. Uh, you got Rocky. He's a good dog. Um, then for years now, Lindsay said, Oh, honey, all I want's a little, little, little lap dog, just a little four-pound dog like Mama's got. Mama had her. Mama had Dallas, that old crabby bastard, for years and years and years, and she wanted a little house dog. Well, Lindsay's sister Megan had a had a dog, and they didn't. They she said, "We don't even take care of this dog. We don't need this dog." Lindsay, please take the dog. So we saved that dog from the main streets of Union Hill, brought it to North Springs, brought it to God's country. His name's Danny. Now, obviously, I probably wouldn't have named a dog Danny, but no, Danny's been a damn trooper. All four pounds of Danny, of just pure badass. He lives here with us. Then one day, as that puts us at three dogs. Now, one day, I was out riding side-by-sides up Monterey, and she, Lindsay called me. She says, oh, honey, me and Waylon's found this dog. And she knows I'm a damn... I'm a damn, my, I got a soft spot for dogs anyway. And I said, we don't need another dog, Lindsay. She goes, oh, he's just in the ditch in Red Bowling. And I said, well, I don't want it, Lindsay. I said, I don't know what to do with him. She knew damn well what she was doing. She even told me that she told Waylon, if, if we call your daddy and tell him he's in the ditch, well, she, he's going to let us have this dog. Well, she sent me a picture of that dog, and it was the cutest damn little dog ever had been. And I felt sorry for anybody being stuck in the damn slums of Red Bull and Springs. So I called and said, bring that baby home. And Rex was the coolest damn little dog you ever had been. But they got to running with the big dogs running down to daddy's, you know. They, they stay here. This is their regular home. Rick's Resort uh, home down there. They eat damn hamburgers and hot dogs here, steak and lobster down at Rick's, you know. Anybody knows how damn frugal my daddy is knows that's just a joke. But he does damn baby them. I don't know feed feed. I don't know. I don't remember him ever feeding me as a kid. By God, them dogs eat good though. And uh, so Rex got run over. I said, "Barely knew you, you damn little dog." 
So then, uh, then we got a replacement. We got a replacement for Rex Grizzly. Now let me tell you something. On my 39 years on this planet, I have never disliked a dog. Maybe it's just because I I was uh, I didn't want I didn't want Rex, and I then I bonded with him, but I didn't want him. But I bonded with him, and I loved him. He got run over, it broke my heart. So then here comes Grizzly, looking like Rex. God dang, the dumbest dog I've ever seen in my life. I beat that dog one time, and I don't like beating dogs, but he kept eating kittens. And uh, I don't like cats, but I don't really like walking in the damn kittens being dead on my front porch either. There's a fine line there. You know, if I'm going to have them, you know, keep some damn snakes away, do something productive, but I don't like to see the damn little things with their heads chopped off, thanks to Grizzly. So me and Grizzly didn't jihaw right off the bat. We had a little, had a little heat there. And, uh... Hell, he runs sideways. He wouldn't come to you. Act like he was scared to death off that one beating. And, uh, hell, I hated him. I hated Grizzly. I tried to give him to Dalton Fish. I tried to give him to anybody. But then I was like, no, hell, I can't do that. It's Waylon's dog. Waylon's claimed him. So here we've got four dogs. We got Old Ass Fancy. We got Rocky. We got Little Special Grizzly. Then we got Danny. Four pounds of fury. Oh, then Lindsay said, Oh, honey, I just want a golden doodle. I want a golden doodle so bad. I've always wanted one. I said, no, hell no. You've always wanted a four-pound dog. I got you, Danny. Leave me alone about a golden doodle. I don't like, I don't like animals in the house. You're lucky that Danny has been very uh, low maintenance. But we are not getting one of them big damn golden doodles to stick in the house. End of story. My buddy John Godwin had a mini golden doodle that he spent. Hell, I think he spent more money on that than the hospital bills for two of my kids. And I said, you do not tell me that you spent that much money on a dog and do not let my wife know that it's a friendly dog that I kind of like. Man, we were there on a Saturday. By the next Thursday, she's calling me. Uh, Courtney Cherry out in Union Hill has, has, has posted a golden doodle on Facebook. And I looked at it, and I told Waylon, and she FaceTimed me. She showed me the dog, cute as hell, and they only wanted $500 for it. I told Waylon, I said, your mama has wore me out for God knows how long now about a golden doodle. And I said, they're $1,200 usually. And I said, this one's 500 I said, you just leave, live in the streets of Union Hill, your price goes down, obviously. I've already saved one damn dog from Union Hill. I've one saved one from the from the slums of hell and Red Bull and Springs in a ditch lying somewhere. So I called and said, Honey, how much you love me? You can have that dog. Tell, tell Courtney we're coming to get that dog. We had that dog for 7 minutes and 22 seconds and it dropped the biggest damn pile of crap in a, car, in a rental car we had. I can't handle dog poop. I can't handle baby puke, poop or puke. I, she's got this rental mat throwing, looked like crap coming from a T-Rex. And I'm out here gagging off the side of a, a guardrail. Hated Tilly right off the, Tilly, that's another thing, Tilly. It's bad to be a dumb dog but have a bad name on top of it. Well, let me tell you something, Tilly's all right. And long story short, that ain't too short, I know. Me and Grizzly... We have bonded. We are tighter than vice grips. Hell, today I rode it down to my father-in-law's farm. I left all the dogs here, and Grizzly rode with me. He's, not, he's still not a smart dog, but he's a good dog. But what Shane heard was this goofy Tilly. I mean, it's like well, she's already in her cage, in her kennel, right? Then it's like you put out a big old four-inch line of cocaine and run, run and just put it right in her nostrils and open the door. And, and, like, got got a big old slap of pork chop right in front of you. And she goes crazy, and she don't know the difference. And her mom and her daddy, she gets out here. She starts running up the damn hill. She starts running around. Well, what's Lindsay expect? She knows it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know that we – apparently we can afford a $500 dog, but we can't afford a damn leash for it, okay? So this dog's going stupid. It's going crazy. Well, Lindsay gets to act up here. She don't know that she's loud. God bless her. She's never in her life something come out of her mouth and her said, oh, you know, that's probably a little loud. That was probably a little aggressive. 
So what she's up here, and I didn't Shane and Blair and Blair and them boys didn't have to tell me. I've heard it. I lived through it. It's embarrassing. It's startling. She'll she'll Tilly, let's go. Tilly, let's go. Hell, Shane's got PTSD right now hearing this. Then she'll get up there, and when she don't come back within five or ten minutes, she gets to blowing the horn. Honk, honk. I said, they don't tell what Rick and Linda thinks is going on down here. Then, if ever dramatic, after 30 minutes, the dog ain't back. Lindsay's got a damn lost and found post on Facebook. I get tagged in, and everybody's putting prayers going up, going up for my dog with another silly ass. It's just at the top of the hill, uh, probably, you know, getting her a little. And... You know, she's going to come home when she gets done. That's what I tell Lindsay. I said, oh, dang, let her get a little. Wah, ah, ah, you know, cock block. And uh, the damn dog always comes home. She said, well, I'm just worried it was deer season, and I'm just afraid somebody's going to shoot. I said, when's the last time you've seen somebody standing over the top of a golden doodle posing for a picture on Facebook, Lindsay? Ain't nobody going to shoot your damn golden doodle. She goes, well, if they see something brown, they may just shoot. I said, you don't think they're going to put a scope to that? And be like, oh, it's a golden doodle. You know, not going to take that down to Whitleyville Station to get that processed this evening. Probably going to be okay. No, nope. We yell, let's go. We blow the horn. We call her a hooker. We put a Facebook post up. Freak out. Lindsay don't know she's loud. That's legit. I would say, if I was guessing, I'm I'm pretty I'm a pretty good mathematician. I'd say about fifty two point six percent of our fights in time have made me going eighteen inches from your face. I hear you. I text Blair and boys. I said, imagine when she gets mad. And by just by just a miracle, actually, I've got a foot. I've got a little footage, thirty six seconds actually, a footage. Of I got home Friday from work when we was getting ready to go to Wayland's uh, blue and white basketball game, and I said, Jack, you want to pull a prank on Mama? He said, Yeah. He had no idea. He's just innocent bystander. He's just back there licking on a lollipop. And um, I said, Well, let's do this. I said, You sit right here, buddy, and we won't tell Mama. I said, I'll pretend to Mama that I didn't uh, pick you up. Which is believable because apparently my wife thinks I can't get one job done because she's always texting me at like, you know, 350. Don't forget the boys. Okay, Lindsay, I, I, I get them every day. You know, I, mean, I don't know. I've not forgot them yet. Well, I know you're busy. You get a little crazy. Uh, so I thought, you know what? If you're going to accuse me of that all the time, I'm going to take you up on it that I'm the biggest klutz ever had been. So, boys, if you ever want to know what it's like, to have one job to do, and you can't get it done. This is what my wife sounds like. Where's Jack? Did she not go get him? I thought... Work, you didn't go get him? No, I thought... Okay, then we ha I have to go. Well, I mean, I forgot him. I just cut out a... It's effing 5 o'clock right there. <laughs> I thought your daddy forgot you. He's yelling right there. Listen to Jack right here. We got her, Jack. <laughs> got him. I mean, she she's yelling right there, boys. I thought your daddy forgot you. Uh, two feet from the boy's face. <laughs> you can check it out on TikTok, DRE Kennedy 83, um, and on my Facebook. You don't see the. Live action footage, like I said, I had to butcher the hell out of that to, you know, I was getting dog cussed uh, throughout the whole process. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, that's just over a 30-second prank. She's mean. She's mean to me. She belittles me. No, she's all right. For a white girl from Salon, I guess. I guess. But it is funny. She don't know she's loud. I talked to her mama at the barn sale. She was just... You know, had a honeydew list a mile long for me, and she yelled across. And I said, right here, Lindsay. And I looked at her mama. I said, why, why is she the way she is, Stacy? Is she hard of hearing? Well, yeah, actually, she is hard of hearing. I said, it was redundant. It was rhetorical. It was rhetorical, Stacy. I know. I know. But I love her. God bless her. Ain't that what we're supposed to say in the greatest state of the nation? God bless her. Um, 25 minutes in, let's go to a, let's go to a segue here to, a, like I said, Last Saturday, week from yesterday, 
Went up to uh, Maryville, Tennessee, to the shed. Of of course, um, I may I may sound uh, like I'm on all these guys because I usually say my favorite place, and it usually uh, is for three different places. The shed is one, exit in is two, and the Ryman is three. All for different reasons. Exit in and the shed are kind of the same because I've been going to the shed or exit in for twenty years now. The Ryman, I've seen several shows there, but um, it just holds such a magical place, you know, uh, historically in country music. And then the Shed, just because I have seen it rise from what what the first few shows I've seen there in 2007. And I've seen, like I said the other day, Stapleton, Sturgill, Shooter, Chris Knight, Ragweed, um, just, you know, on and on there, and Jamie Johnson. Um, and just knowing the owner, Scott, and how cool of a guy he is. I said I was very proud of everything he's accomplished, his partner, Jay. It's it just really cool, really cool spot. That was the first indoor show I'd been there to since, um, like, February or March of 2020, right before COVID when I saw uh, Cody Canada there. Um, the TDR, boy, I told him, I said, they said, man, uh, how'd you like us at the festival? And I said, I heard it was good. I bet it was good. That's what I said. Said I said hell yeah everybody loved it I bet it was good because I don't remember it <laughs> and I uh, didn't get to watch it all so um, but another name I got to I, re- I did get to see and I got to talk to her and her, her and her husband some of the bandmates before is Taylor Honeycutt a g- girl out of Alabama I've been hearing a lot of a uh, lot of stuff about and I introduced myself to them outside their van while she was changing and they were brushing their teeth They're real rock stars right there you know so to speak and. Uh, Man, I, I, I'd been hearing some stuff on record, and I hear a lot of stuff, you know, Whiskey Riff, which, I mean, sometimes they're pretty reputable, sometimes they're not. I can't, you know, I don't go by every article they post. Um, but they did they did have an article the other day that says, Taylor Honeycutt, remember the name. And I thought that was really cool, along with another band that i am really got eyes on called Low Water, Low Water Bridge Band out of Virginia. Let me try that again. Low Water Bridge Band out of Virginia. And Whiskey Riff also had an article about them that said, um, they're about to re- release their second album that hopefully will catapult them into the next level of Americana music. And if I was a bet man, I'd probably be keeping them on your radar for North Springs 2024. If I don't want to give any spoilers or spoiler alerts, but Taylor or Honeycutt can wail, as Garth and uh, as uh, Wayne and Garth used to say. I mean, the girl can wail. Her band is awesome. I really, really enjoyed their opening set at the shed for TDR, and then uh, can't wait to do business with him with them. As she is just signed to WME, and as I said on the one of the last podcasts, you know, Red 11 and True Grit both were bought up by WME, William Morris Endeavors out of Nashville, a big conglomerate there. Of course, my friend Josh Green is part of that team. I got to meet Jeremy, uh, finally put a face um, to his name because every time I called Josh, like, this is Jeremy, how can I help you? And I, I was like, I know he's tired of hearing my name. Um, but Josh Green's the man. He's, uh, he helped, he's helped me get a lot of uh, – artists on our shows and with Taylor signing with WME over the past week congratulations to her and it looks like that's something I'll be looking at in the future uh, them dirty roses my lord I, now I see why everybody was going crazy about them after the festival I actually got to sit down there with sober eyes and uh, and nobody bothering me uh, in all seriousness I don't get to watch the show I was behind the stage for half a TDR I was still running. Your co-headliner, and I was still running around, not getting to enjoy myself. I was enjoying myself, but not really. You know what I'm saying? And uh, man, they just golly. And I will do everything in my power to bring those guys back to North Springs in 2024. Um, the next day, I got to see my buddy Jeremy Hammer. You know, a lot of times Hammer, you know, he was he was one of my good friends growing up, and probably ninth grade on, and. Um, really, really, we just ran around together for about a two-year window, but we just were inseparable. He was a junior uh, when I was a freshman, and we spent a lot of time playing ball and uh, kind of mentored me there in the, as a older brother in high school. And you know, our our lifestyles are completely you know different. You know, we in the last you know, fifteen to seventeen years, and uh, he's doing a lot of good things. He's He's worked at the shed for years and years, but he don't he don't even go to the shed. He works at the Harley Davidson uh, shop as a mechanic, and you know Jeremy's just uh, I love him, and um, like I said, he he's uh, 
nothing. I think he knows the person I am down deep. You know, y'all hear the character. <laughs> you know, not not many people that listen to the show actually know me as well as Jeremy Hammer. And what's funny is I called him because um, so many times he, he used to give me a hard time. He hadn't in the in recent history. He'll say, "Well, I love it how my old buddy DK will come to Maryville and don't call me, but I'll see pictures from the shed." You know and so I just told Lindsay, I said, we, you know, we got up early this morning. I said, I'm going to call Jeremy and see if he's around. And he's just one of those friends, and I'll always say this. As much as I love my friends from Salina and friends, friends from Jackson County, I will always, always, always be um, proud and lucky that I went to Hermitage Springs. Um, those guys are brothers, and like I said, he's, he's one of those handful of guys that that I don't have to see. It's kind of cliche to hear people say it. And even as much as our lives have taken us in different spots, you know, he doesn't he doesn't really condone. Not that I'm out here doing crazy stuff, but he knows what I do. He know I'm, I'm you know I'm going to use the F word probably more than I should. I'm going to drink a few beers. Jeremy's never helped, he's never ever said anything to me because I think at the root of it he knows what kind of person I am beneath all that. And um you know, it's just one of those relationships that I hadn't, I hadn't talked to him, I think, legit since February. And went to his house, sit there, talked to his kids, talked to his lovely wife, and just loved him so much and was glad to hang out with him for, you know, 30, 45 minutes before they had to go to church. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was cool to see. Cool to see him. And um, then we came home. <laughs> then we came home. And, man, if you're listening to this, you're going to understand what I'm talking about, the dreaded. The dreaded family photos. You know what I'm talking about. Wife putting you in something silly. Uh, kids don't know how to act right because they don't get a nap. Well, listen here. Everything that possibly could have went well, went well. I couldn't believe it. Because Lindsay will always be like, we. well, first off, I had one good year last year where I lost about 30 pounds. I don't remember us taking family pictures last year, spring, summer, or fall. I don't remember it. She always wants to wait till it looks like I've been on a damn seven-day binge diet of carbohydrates before she takes pictures, and I've got a 265, 75, 16 midsection, got three chins, bloated up like the Michelin man off Ghostbusters to take pictures. And it don't help when she says, oh, this is the color I'm going with. And I'm like, well, what in the hell are we going to wear? And when she when she starts looking at this dress, I'm like, well, what are we going to wear? I can't wear, I can't match up with nothing. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fashion maven, despite being nominated and winning Best Dress Terminal Springs 2002. I still ain't exactly going to be on the cover of GQ anytime soon. Okay, I'm missing a step or two off my fashion game. But when she sends me something, I'm like, okay. But what are we going to wear? She's like, oh, well, you can wear a. I mean, I'm tired of wearing blue. We always wear blue. I said, yeah, because we look good in blue. There's a damn good reason we wear blue because I'm sexier than damn socks on a rooster when I wear blue. It brings out my eyes. You know what I'm talking about. And she's just like, no, we're not wearing blue this time. We're wearing this color. I said, well, I can't wear that color. My boys ain't going to wear that color. So that comes down to it. She's sending me pictures. And I said, well, we're going, you're going to have an orange orange on. We're going to have brown, like four different colors of brown. And I said, this is, looks terrible. This looks terrible. Well, it comes down to it. She ordered some horrendous, hideous shirts off Amazon. And uh, she said, I got you an extra large tall because I know your, your extra larges get a little snug sometimes. I said, no, just stop drying my shirts because I've been telling her she's drying my shirts for three years. I know that's not the real truth. I know I'm fat. But she don't have to know that. She knows that. She sees me chest naked in my house all the time. But you know what I'm saying. So she she orders these shirts off Amazon. I've never ordered a shirt off Amazon in my 39 years. She gets it here. The son of a bitch could fit Andre the Giant, R.I.P., because I mean, it's like extra large, tall. Who is it? Why? What? What is the demographic? What is the? What does it look? What are we going for with extra large, tall? Just, just, just slightly below the belly button would be great. Amazon. Suffice to say, we sent Mighty Wayland's shirt back. She ordered the week of because God knows we didn't have family picture scheduled for November fourth at four o'clock for at least sixteen weeks. Um, so here we are, four days out with no shirts. I'm not going to Old Navy. The only place wider than Starbucks in this planet is Old Navy, and I hate it. Uh, well, there's a demographic there, and it ain't me. Okay, read between the lines on that. And uh, into the Kool-Aid jammer. So here we are, two days away from family pictures, and I got no shirt. 
I got no ugly brown shirt. So we left Twin Peaks the other day. My God, get you some of that Twin Peaks restaurant. Dang. It, I mean, if you're a straight man with a wife that can go sit with you at a restaurant and be comfortable in her sexuality, go get you some Twin Peaks in your life. Uh, whew, the food is fantastic is all I'll say. Um, I'm off talk. Let me, let me get back to this in just a minute because I want to write down a story as we're talking about Twin Peaks. I'm going to get back to my shirt in a minute. I hope I remember it because I know sometimes I get off track. Twin Peaks, I'd never been to a Twin Peaks in my life. I'd heard about it. So basically the gist of it is Hooters always wore their, their white tank tops with their orange shirt, shorts, right? I'd never been a fan of the orange shorts. Never, ever, because their butts look like they're – I tell you what they look like, unless they've just got just a, a butt that will go for days. It, it looks like, you know, how you get older and your back goes up your butt or your butt goes up your back, you know. That's what the Hooters shorts always reminded me of. So I've never been a, just a huge fan of the shorts at Hooters, right? Then somebody messed around and took me to a Twin Peaks. And these girls got cut-off blue jean shorts, flannel shirts tied up. I mean, you read between the lines, right? So that was probably seven years ago when I went to, for the first time. And, you know, it's not in Knoxville a lot. So we were heading up there for Mackey's uh, uh, second marriage bachelor party. And uh, also R.I.P. And um, so it's me and Mackie, uh, Blake, and Thad Johnson, and Curtis Hatcher, right? We walk in there, and, there, and I, I ain't going to say the guy, but I'm just saying uh, one guy in that group doesn't really just ever acknowledge women being beautiful because he's respectful. So that takes Mackie and Curtis Hatcher out of the equation. So I'll, I'll let you decide which Johnson brother it was. It ain't the one that – never mind. Anyway – so uh, we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. We're like, this, these are beautiful women. Like, we're, we're, this is, no matter who we get, we're going to get a good-looking waitress. And it's always fun when you got a group of guys and you're just being dudes and going to be acting like you're 13-year-olds, I'm sure. So we're like, oh, which one are we going to get? You think we'll get the brunette? You think, you think we'll get the blonde? As, as, as it comes towards us, I say it, it, this female comes to us. Now, she's about five foot ten. With long, pale legs and black cow combat boots. She's got those random tattoos that are in style right now. You know, like a, a polar bear on her bicep and Johnny Cash on her kneecap. No rhyme or reason of these tattoos. And she's got long, stringy black hair. And her eye shadow is like an orangey color. And it goes all the way around her eyes. And if you're going to look like this, I hope you at least got the best personality God ever gave anybody. But instead, she's like, welcome to Twin Peaks. How can I help you? And in my mind, all I hear is something like, um, it, I, sent, I sent the group chat, right? And as we sat there, I was like, man, who does this girl remind me of? Like, we got all these beautiful women, and we get this girl with tall, long legs, pale skin, black cow combat boots. I could keep trying to say cowboy, but they're combat boots. This orange eyeshadow, and it's like, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I know who it is. And I I said, my God, all these smoke shows at Twin Peaks in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we got Marilyn Manson as our waitress. And I sent it to the group chat, and I thought they were all going to lose their minds. What? I mean, they had to be in the background. Oh, look at these five jack-offs. That's a bachelor party. Them boys are trouble. Send out Marilyn to table 16. We know it. We got, we got pranked. We got ribbed. Good on them. I've not seen her back since then. It takes all kinds. I get it. I just wish they would have been at table 17, not 16 that day. Because we didn't deserve that. Mackie might have deserved that. Thad might have deserved that. But me and Blake and Curtis did not deserve that. Anyway, that was the last time I've been to Twin Peaks. Then I digress back to my story. So we go to eat Twin Peaks, me and Lindsay, Mackie, and Amanda. Well, they go back, and they're ready to start drinking beer. What do I get to do? Hell no, I get to go to West Town Mall because I still got to get a brown shirt to match my wife's beautiful orange dress. So why ain't I wearing an orange shirt? She goes, well, you can still wear something blue, which tell me, 
Tell me how blue matches orange. I don't know because my wife will find the most minute percentage. I'm talking like .00023 percentage of a shirt that has one little speck of it. And she'll be like, see, that matches. I'm like, how? How does that match? You know what matches to me? Blue and blue. I don't know, brown and brown, orange and orange. I don't know. Maybe I just ain't got any sense when it does come to matching. So at this at this point, I'm done. I'm over it. We found Waylon a brown flannel that it seemed okay. I wouldn't have ever wore it, but it was. I mean, maybe I would have. I don't know. But also, wouldn't wear a mustache like he does right now. I don't know that dirty stash of his. And uh, we go to Gap, which is just like the rich cousin of Old Navy, in my opinion. It's just a bunch of white people terrible clothes we go in there and by god it's looking at me straight in the face the ugliest brown shirt you ever had been Lindsay's like this is nice i said yeah if the poop emoji on your iphone was a t-shirt this is it honey this is it get it get up there and there she's like do you want to buy one get one half off she that seems like a deal i said i won't wear this shirt as a matter of fact you better not rip the tags off that thing because i'm taking it back then I said, how much is it anyway? She goes, it's $65, son, came unglued. Now listen, I'm a little high fluting sometimes when it comes to dress clothes. I go down to Boot Barn, and I'll buy me a button-up shirt for $50, $60. Sure, I'll buy me a TriStar uh, or Volunteer Traditions polo to wear to work, $50, $60. I've done it. Hell, my blue jeans buckle. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little high maintenance sometimes. But a shirt that I don't like in the first place, I would be pissed off about buying that on the red dot sale at Goodwill on a Saturday morning. Much less buying $65 poop-stained looking dress shirt for family pictures that are just, I'm just madder than hell about. So you bet believe, best believe, I can't even talk tonight. You better believe. I rocked that brown shirt on Sunday. My kids look beautiful. My wife looked even more beautiful. And I had the ugliest, god-awful shirt. Plus, it was, it was baggy. You can Google Tim Duncan slash Allen Iverson NBA style 2003. That's about how long this shirt was in the front. Hideous. God-awful. But I wore it. And from the right angle, I don't look bad. My, my receding hairline and double chin is much more concerning than this ugly brown shirt. But I assure you, the tag is in it. It's in a gap bag. It's going somewhere. Don't tell them. I'm getting my $65 back. I told the girls to register. I said, you ought to be ashamed. You ought to be ashamed. I said, yeah. You're, you're the gap. I can't believe you're not even out of business. I can't believe this place is still kicking. I was just there to get some Abercrombie cologne because God knows Thad Johnson still says I smell like high school in here. Well, they didn't. I didn't wear it when I was in high school, Thad. I'm older than you. I was wearing Giorgio Armani or whatever. Girls couldn't say no to the smell of Tommy Hilfiger when I was in high school, Thad. So you better educate yourself, hooker. So anyway, family pictures turned out great. Uh, Casey Pierce did a phenomenal job. She had uh, Jack smiling, Bayless smiling, and you know he's an ornery little turd. Waylon and his little girlfriend Madison looking cute. Lindsay, beautiful. Then you, then you just see me just out there and just, you know, and they said, and then my then my contacts dried up. It's I'm already hard having a hard enough time feeling self conscious about my poop uh, my poop emoji dress shirt and my receding hairline and my double chin. Then my contacts dry out. I look like I'm crying every time I'm taking a picture. Lindsay said, "Well, we'll just give it a minute." I was hunting polished turd all day. I'm still gonna look like this. You know, I'm no longer Mr. Most Attractive Herman Springs 2002. I just got to deal with it. I'm turning 40 this year. I'm a man. Okay, this is what I got to deal with. It's ridiculous. Oh man! Hope your family pictures go as go as good as that when you have yours. And uh, now, uh, I was told last week you like the Tennessee Titans talk. Uh, they three they fell to three and six today with a, a loss at Tampa Bay to a team that is not is not a very good team. So it just kind of tells you the state of the Tennessee Titans. They are now one and two under the um, the watch of Will Levis at quarterback. I'm excited. Uh, I like him. I like that. Um, I like his I like his arms. That doesn't sound gay at all. I like that he's jacked, which is double down on that stance. Uh, I just I like he's got that chip on his shoulder. He's a little cocky, but maybe not too cocky. You know, when Aaron Rodgers fell to the end of the first round in two thousand five, that kind of that poised him for a little bit, have a little bit of that attitude that he had throughout the year. 
And, you know, right now our offensive line's got awful. And it's got awful. Um, a lot of people, a lot of my buddies are calling for Mike Brable's head. I, 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 I'm not even thinking about it. I love Mike Brable. There was rumors come out this week, early in the, in the week, that uh, this could be Bill Belichick's final season in New England and that they're interested in having Mike Brable be their head coach, which he's under contract. So you would have to, you know, talk about doing some draft picks. And Titans fans are real fickle. They're real fair weather. Um, I think my, I think Mike Vrabel's, you know, possibly the best head coach, along with Jeff Fisher, in the history of this franchise. And there's not a lot of best, right? You you could almost definitively say at each position who the best Titan is. A quarterback is Steve McNair slash Ryan Tannehill. You know, it's to, to me it's more McNair than Tannehill, but Tannehill for in in fairness, like I said, I'm not a huge Tannehill fan. Um, I think he did some great things here. He was part of the. Um, um, he he was part of the uh, whatever you saw. I'm, I'm I'm having trouble with words for whatever reason, but um, you know he helped this roster out tremendously. He he capped. I mean, we saw his ceiling with the playoff performances, and it's neither here nor there. It's just Ryan Tannehill's not a good playoff performer. You can say that while also saying. He was a great quarterback and helped this franchise quite a bit and respect him for that. But I don't want to see him ever take another snap here again. Um, wide receiver, you can definitively say that Derek Mason, with a body of work, was the greatest receiver. But if A.J. Brown had stayed here, would have been the best receiver. Um, tied in, Delaney Walker and Frank uh, Wycheck, no doubt about it. Defensively, you can go on and on. Um, and... Um, you know, running back, I think we've got the greatest, if you, if you count in the older days, we have the greatest foursome of running backs ever assembled for one team. It's kind of like how some teams are, are, are blessed at quarterback and some's blessed at, uh, you know, we are not blessed at quarterback and wide receiver. But running back, we have the greatest foursome probably in the history of the game with Earl Campbell, Eddie, uh, Eddie George, Chris Johnson, and Derrick Henry. Um, so I like Levis. I like, I like Vrabel. You know what? What you're going to have to do? What you're seeing, in my opinion, when I tell some guys today, I think you're seeing the the last lingering effects of John Robinson. And John Robinson was the general manager from 2016 to 2022. Now, listen, I was the biggest John Robinson fan until I wasn't, until I seen what he was doing more to hurt the franchise than he was to help the team. And you look at the pros and cons, and man, it would it would be a very comparable list if you wrote down good versus bad John Robinson. And I think his demise, as I said previously on this podcast, came at as soon as 2020 hit and you couldn't scout in person and you couldn't interview people in person. Well, he really took some big uh, misses there. You start off your tenure by trading for DeMarco Murray, who is still a 1,000-yard rusher in his first year here at Tennessee. He traded for Ryan Tannehill because he knew Marcus Mariota wasn't it. Tannehill, and he got Miami to pay most of the salary for Tannehill that year one. Tannehill went on to be a very productive starter. In the same draft, he drafted uh, Jack Conklin at right tackle, who's an all-pro NFL player, Derrick Henry, Kevin Byard, um, John U. Smith. He drafted Corey Davis. In 2019, he hit on Big Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who was a projected top-10 pick had he not been injured. He got him at pick 19, and you see what he's doing. He's got a big, fat contract. He dra- drafted A.J. Brown, but then, okay, on the flip side of that, we know he traded A.J. Brown, and his – Counterpart that he's replaced him with is uh, Traylon Burks, and he's not been productive whatsoever. So that's where you, you start you start slipping in 2020 when they they make the AFC Championship game. They're one half win away from a Super Bowl, and you always knew that window was going to be short when Tannehill couldn't play at a productive level, when Henry was going to start getting, you know, get those shoestring tackles that are happening more often now that you never used to see. You knew once that window was over of the Tannehill AJ. Henry Trio, and also with Big Jeff and Kevin Byron on defense, you knew it was probably going to be a pretty steep fall. And so he was, J-Rob really, in the last three years, was really reaching on some players. I mean, you look, he went to the well, drafted Big Jeff injured, so he goes back in 2020, picks Isaiah Wilson. Well, we're still paying for Isaiah Wilson because our offensive line still sucks. Then the next year he reached out Caleb Farley, who, yeah, like Big Jeff, said top ten potential had he been healthy. The difference is Big Jeff was coming off a torn ACL. Caleb Farley had already had knee and back surgery and hadn't played in like a year, uh, two years. And he reached on him and see Caleb Farley is not even an active member of this team. Uh, He paid Vic Beasley when Vic Beasley didn't want any money. 
uh, clowny. And I went over this. I think I went over this before because that Vic Beasley stuff sounded uh, familiar. So I need to start taking notes. My point is, be be. This year sucks, and I hate. I was getting all excited after Will Levis's first game with the four touchdowns, and you know Pittsburgh handled him, and Tampa definitely handled him today. And but going into this off season, you know, you know, you, you may not win three more games the rest of the year. So you'll have a high draft pick, um, but you're going to have the number one amount of cap space in free agency. That'll buy an offensive lineman. That'll buy a wide receiver. I don't know who's on the market this this spring, but uh, I, I'm still excited to be a Tennessee Titans fan, and I, and I hadn't been for about a year and a half. Um, I, I'd been there and I'd watched the games, but I, I just knew, telling myself the truth, that hey, the window's closed, so. Yeah, it it sucks because you know, but the NFL is a quick changing league, and you if you have truly hit on your franchise quarterback with Will Levis, plus you can get a few good draft picks in there this year, hell of a lot of money in off in, uh, um, in free agency. We'll see where we're at this time next year. Um, that pretty well, you know. Try to wrap this up. I try to keep these under one hour, and we're at fifty two minutes right now. So, uh, touch on a couple things once again. If you want to be a sponsor. If you have a restaurant, a business locally, now listen, that's not going to appeal to probably people around here because mostly locals listen to this podcast. If you have something you want to advertise to help me pay the overhead for this show, hey, be glad to. If not, listen, I'll keep doing it, no big deal. I, get, I know I got a lot of love for all my shows, so people treat me good, and I love you right back for it. Um, this Saturday, six days away, Dina Carter, um, that's going to be up in Livingston. I think the Cooper family, Cindy Cooper, her husband, uh, the whole staff there at the Iron and Oak Event Center. This has been my second show there. We had a Julie, uh, Julie Roberts album release party last November. So one year later, we're doing Dina Carter. Um, now, do I listen to a lot of Dina Carter? You know, not historically. Um, you know, my, my kind of music is the Cole Chaney, Cody Canada, Jason Needy, Shooter Jennings, Chris Knight. But, man, who can deny the career that Dina Carter had this is she's celebrating. I think the twenty. Um, this is the twenty fifth, twenty sixth year, um, or maybe longer. I, I'd have to look back. I think it came out ninety six, so it's twenty. I guess longer than that. So of of the did I shave my legs for this record with that, and we danced, but but you know, undeniably, the hitter on that album, uh, the biggest song, Strawberry Wine, and you you see so many versions of that when people cover do covers of that you know even my boys mike demeza rye davis always have a cover for strawberry wine it's it's not just one of the best female uh country music songs ever it's 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 one of the best country music songs period i'd like to know if i had a dollar for every time somebody's told me they lost their virginity (laughs) to strawberry wine okay if 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 uh even just that act was going on when strawberry wine was played in some cars in Clay and Jackson County in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, I, I'd, I'd take that bet. I would take the numbers on that. Um, all seriousness, she's, she's a big-time player. Um, she's going to be at Bridgestone Arena the next day at, at a show. So we were actually, like I said, trying to do two shows. She's going to be at Bridgestone the next night at, at something. I, I'd have to look it up. I've seen it, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, but once again, big shout-out to the Coopers. And for her staff at Iron and Oak, the Steel Coop, um, if you've if you've bought tickets to that, the email will be going out this week for all the directions on what to do. If you're a VIP ticket buyer, um, you do have the option to eat at the Iron and Oak with a limited menu. I'm really pushing people to eat at the Steel Coop as well, especially if you're a general mission ticket holder. Call in advance, get those reservations at the Steel Coop. Great food, great atmosphere over there. Can't say uh, enough to to the Coopers for. Uh, calling me up and asking me to do some business and Dina had been on my radar for the festival for a couple of years and uh, so glad glad to make it happen so for all you 300 people who sorry about that I just had a sneezing fit like nobody's business um, damn ladybugs probably so yeah they hadn't they ain't cleared up Chad are you guys listening to the podcast no they ain't cleared up horrible horrible got a snorted allergy pill before I get out of here I mean just kidding. It's a joke, people. Um. Anyway, they. Uh, I don't even know where I left off at. I just know I got Dina Carter. Uh, so those tickets sold out two weeks, which is crazy. 
300 person uh, capacity, 60 VIP, 240 general mission. Those those things sold like hotcakes. Um, another thing, um, the festival is lining up, and I would like to get your input. You know, this year we did a uh, what ended up being about a five hour show at the Roaring River Distillery. Shout out to the Hunt family once again for all their hospitality. They're great people when it comes to taking care of me at my acoustic shows. That was a great kickoff party. Then Saturday night at the farm. So my question I pose to you guys on Facebook is, w would you make it work? I know my campers, the guys are coming from state. It makes it, it makes perfect sense for the people from out of, coming from out of state to be able to watch a Friday night show, have the stage there, camp, do a Saturday night show, um, and just basically get their money's worth or not having to drive as much. Um, I would encourage people to come in a day early. That way they can still shop with the bull and thistle, uh, the st the the um, stolen coin, Faze, Helen's, the Pie Peddler, Giovanni's, all the restaurants, all the shops in the square. I still want, you know, all the Airbnbs, uh, Wildwood Resort and Marine. I want all those things being um, frequented during my festival because the point it's not just about me. It's not just about North Springs. It's about bringing people into Jackson County, aka God's country, baby. So I, I really want that to continue. It's just looking at it from a sense of like, could we get more bang for your buck if you went ahead and just did two nights at the farm and do, you know, ultimately, you know if you're listening to this, you've been to my shows, the tickets are super cheap. Camping was super cheap. Beer, uh, the, the cooler fee, super cheap. And I'm probably going to have to go up just a little bit because, guys, some of these people I'm talking to, uh, and, and there's some up-and-comers. But up-and-comers aren't cheap either. That's what people don't understand. They think just because they've never heard of them, they're, they're coming to play here for $250. You know, and that's never the case. Um, so right now, I have got a Friday night, October 11th headliner confirmed. It's a big name. They've never been here. Uh, waiting for the contract to come through. But, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And I'm excited for it. It's a name I've talked about in the past. And then Saturday, I've got a, you know, we, I'm just telling you, I want this to happen, but I'm probably going to have to go up just a little bit on on everything. Because, I mean, shit, everything else has went up, so why wouldn't I? With, with, but I want to keep the novelty of the affordable ticket prices because I know the rural area we're in. I want to keep everything cool for everybody while also, you know, me not losing my butt. And so we're going to have to look at it, and it won't be anything drastic. But I'm excited because people are reaching out to me. Then there's – I don't know. It's just uh, I've talked to all the 2023 artists now. I spoke to Cole briefly. I had a long conversation with Cole's manager the other day. It went great. and love Jesse. Um, Hannah has texted me some. I I've not heard from Cody Canada. But everybody else, man, that just uh, just some of the cool things that you know, Ryan, Addison, and – Tim Good and everybody put on Facebook. You know, just a big shout out for all those guys. Shout out to all the guys that played the uh, the kickoff party the night before. But realistically, I'm looking at doing two nights at the farm. I know the campers. I know the people from out of state will stay. Will my locals stay? If you come and you live in McCoinsville, if you live in Baxter, if you live in Lafayette, if you come out Friday night, are you going to come out Saturday night too? Because we party down here now. I understand what kind of folks we got down here. Y'all can come out here and act like the senior or the freshman at the senior party <laughs> and uh, get too wild on that first night. I won't see the second night. I don't want that. I want I want both crowds to be hot, you know. So we'll see. A lot of things to talk about. And, yes, I'll see all the suggestions. I'll get uh, Clay County Farm Supply and Copeland's out there. I'll make sure everybody we get more porta-potties for everybody. Um, last but not least, Jason Eady, like I mentioned on here before. Jason Eady, Addison Johnson, possibly one more name. Uh, Bull and Thistle, Thursday, December 21st, my 40th birthday bash. Um, the bar area sold out in that night. What's left is $10 dining room option, no more than likely. Look, you're going to get a good deal because you're going to come in here and eat your meal at the Bull and Thistle. You can kind of stand. If, even if you get done and you want a standing room only on the bar side, I'm not going to stop you. Um, I'm just saying while you're eating and the show is going on, you may not see that much. We're going to open up fairly early for people to eat. I'm not going to stop people in the bar area. I just don't want people standing in the bar area talking. You know, I think you can all respect me and that, respect the artists and everything else. So 
if you want if you want tickets to that, hit me up. Ten dollar uh, dining room options left, uh, and that is it. That is it. Uh, y- y'all gotta go. Y'all y'all gotta. I gotta go because I just popped the top of my second Kool Aid jammer during that little uh, sneezing fit. So, thank y'all so much for listening. To North Spring Sessions with DK, and uh, I'll yell at you next week. Thank you. <laughs>